0: You recently brought on the CEO of Eminem Food Market, Andy O'Brien, how did you get him to say, let me join you? You got a corner room in a dark back alley. and I uh, love
1: uh, it. No, yeah. uh, co-founder
0: and general partner of Donna Jean, featured as Forbes 30 under 30, creator of the vegan McDonald's, co-founder and president of Plant Power Fast Food and Lunchbox Top 30 Hottest Brands 2023 winner, Zach. Voga? Am I saying it right? Voga.
1: You hit it right in the head, yeah. and thank you for that introduction. I need to have you around more, and we can get I on am the Megatron. A hype man. And yeah, you're a hype man. It's like my WWE entrance.
0: First of all, I'm actually not a regular hype man. Like I don't hype everyone up. When I'm hyped about someone, I just am like so pumped about them. I think being the entrepreneur is the loneliest, hardest job in the world. I think being a restaurant entrepreneur is 20 times harder. Something is sickly for anyone who is a restaurant entrepreneur. I don't know why they do it. I don't know why you do it. We'll go into it. This is part-time therapy too. No payments needed. But thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you for spending some time with me.
1: Thank you for having me. And as I shared, I, I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing over at Lunchbox. I'm a longtime admirer and this conversation's long overdue. So thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: For the few people who don't know about your concept, can you take us through day one to today? And and would love to also hear about the many pivots, but just your words, your journey, I'm sure you're tired of saying it. And I'm sure you change it up a little bit every time or going to some part a little bit more every time. Would love to hear
1: Yeah, thanks. I'll uh, rewind back to 2015 where my partners and I got together and signed our first lease for our first Plant Power fast food location. So for those listening that don't know about Plant Power, we're 100% plant-based fast food eatery that's real focused on drive-throughs or drive up. And me and my partners, we always joke about this. We never wanted to get into the restaurant business per se. We never really viewed ourselves as restaurant guys. Although we've fallen in love with the industry now, don't get us wrong, but we wanted to be in a changing the world business. And so we knew that we would have some sort of impact our desire was to create some sort of lasting impact beyond our lives on earth. And for us, that meant, how can we create a system that promotes a compassionate and sustainable lifestyle in an infrastructural sense? And nobody was doing it in the fast food sphere. And so we can talk where we feel like if you were to survey most people, they want to make the sustainable and compassionate choices. But it's oftentimes the infrastructure that just doesn't allow them to. We're busy, maybe we can't get to X, Y, and Z. And so we felt that if we could create a brand that served delicious plant-based burgers.
0: And and key is delicious, it has to be delicious.
1: It has to be, right? That's the key barrier to entry there. It has to be delicious. It has to be on par with everything else that's out there. It has to be easy. We thought if we can create a delicious, plant-based experience focused on taste and innovation and being purpose-driven, and we can make those far and wide, and we can make those accessible, naturally people would be more inclined to make that compassionate and sustainable choice. So we started with our first location in Ocean Beach, which is a sleepy little beach town in San Diego.
0: But you had plans to open in LA, right? Why the pivot
1: there, we always had our site set in LA. You know, what's funny about San Diego and LA is like San Diego is oftentimes in the shadow of Los Angeles, yeah. it's like the little yeah. brother. And I even say that wearing my Padres gear, we're always like Hello. begrudgingly looking at the Dodgers. Like,
0: you know, I have a tattoo that says Brown Mamba. I'm a big Kobe fan, okay? There you, there you know, go. so I'm not a Lakers fan, I'm a Kobe fan, and this is I, small I
1: respect that. I know for sure, yeah. I'm not a Lakers fan, but I'm a Kobe fan as well.
0: My only prized possession is this jersey here do you see yeah, it i, I love that's my it it's o- yeah. signed by kobe that's my only I hope no one steals if they ever get in here. Nothing else in here to steal, but please continue. Sorry for interrupting.
1: Yeah, we always had our sights set on Los Angeles, but we did a handful of San Diego locations first. It was important to us to get our nest, our home base and our infrastructure down pat. So that meant opening up in a couple San Diego areas, a couple college campuses here in UCSD and SDSU. And eventually a couple years back, we landed our first location in Hollywood actually.
0: That's incredible. And how many locations today? We've got 11 with a ghost kitchen and a food truck. That's amazing. And you recently brought on the CEO of M&M Food Market, and D O'Brien. How do you bring someone that's serious, someone so incredible? You know, I feel like you guys are just getting started. How did you get him to say, let me join you?
1: You got a corner room in a dark back alley. And, I love uh, it. No, you know, Andy is an incredible individual with just infinite resources and experience. And and he and I have the fortunate experience of bonding over the last year. And Andy is just inspired by what we're doing. I think when you have an idea that's larger than life, there will inevitably be people who would love to see that happen in one way, shape or form. And we've been blessed because this idea of plant power that I believe is larger than life has had a great magnetism to it. And it's attracted also sorts of brilliant minds who frankly are needed because as entrepreneurs and as founders, our energy and our passion is boundless, but we haven't necessarily been through some of the challenges that are around the corner. And sometimes we're unable to see what challenges are around the corner. And so having a brand that has the magnetism to attract talent who have tried and true guys like Andy, it really helps complete the picture and take us to where we need to go.
0: I mean, that's huge. It's a testament to also your vision. And that is oftentimes what these folks are betting on. So kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. So, you paused college and you'd say, I'm going to be a general manager at Evolution Fast Food. That's the world's first vegan drive-through. Take us through that process. Who was upset at you? Were mom and dad or anyone pissed? Take us through that stage.
1: Oh, for sure. I come from a family of attorneys. You know, father's an attorney, brother's an attorney. My uncles were attorneys. Um, And growing up, I always thought that that was the road that I was going to go down. You know, I was on the debate team in uh, middle school and high school. And I was going to become an attorney like dad. 2008, 2009, we all remember the recession. Times were uncertain. I was also chasing a high school sweetheart out here in California. And I said, I didn't want to be in Chicago anymore. I didn't want to deal with winters anymore. So I ended up in San Diego, and just while I was trying to get my footing, starting to look back at gearing up school again, looking at potential law schools, I started working at Evolution Fast Food, which was the world's first vegan drive-through. And that's where I met my future partner in Plant Power, Mitch Wallace, and just fell in love with the concept, with the idea. Now, Evolution, which we often refer to internally as the mothership, was our source of inspiration for where we are today, but it's quite a different concept. It's a little bit more of like a crunchy, hippie, granola-y style place that you would expect to see in the mid-2000s, early 10s as a vegan yeah. restaurant in Southern California. The idea with Plant Power was how can we birth something that is very mainstream, something that could scale, something accessible. that could be yeah. very accessible to yeah. any walk of life that you wouldn't feel like you needed to put on like a hemp necklace and a tie-dye shirt to
0: dine in. Right. Although tie dye shirts are back, by the way. They're 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 back.
1: back. That's true. They're back.
0: That's true, but they're not required. You know, you need a plant power without one. You guys have an incredible, approachable brand, amazing, approachable food. You're building the McDonald's for the vegan community. I love it. I think it's brilliant. What do you think the vegan community sometimes gets wrong when trying to attract more humans? We need more humans to join the movement, right? So, what do you think the vegan community gets wrong?
1: Yeah. And look, I'm a long-standing member of the vegan community. So any criticism I provide here is founded. And it's a great question because I think there can be a little bit more unity. And this is all movements, right? All movements tend to kind of get severed and they kind of try to split hairs. And what I think vegans could do a little bit better job at is keeping our eye on the prize, which is a more vegan and a more compassionate world. Whatever means to that end should be supported. Sometimes we like to split hairs and say, maybe that's not as healthy as we'd like it. Or this person can't call themselves a vegan because they accidentally ate cereal with honey in it. Let's not get hung up on the details here and let's focus on the goal, which is a more compassionate, sustainable world.
0: I think any movement, right? Like, hey, let's find more things we have in common than uh, reasons to say if you're in the club or not. Then what's the difference between us and the better movement we're trying to create. So I love your approach. And vegans do not come for me. I mean, you can come for me too. I'm living with a vegan, so I feel like I should get a pass that you know, you're know you getting as well. I feel like we both should get a pass. You should get 100% coverage. I should get 70% coverage.
1: There you go. Hey, it's fair. Great negotiation skills.
0: Yeah, I live with one. You know what? I feel like I should get more coverage than you. Now I'm pushing it.
1: What are some of the pleasant surprises you've seen living with a vegan where maybe you're like, I don't want to try that, but you did
0: and you're like, hey, that's not half bad. Yeah. This is my daily habit board. I have to do all of these things and I okay. check it every day. And. You go to a physician the physician says you're so healthy you're crushing it you go to do blood work and go to a sports doctor and they say you're dying or everything is 80 years old because you're entrepreneur you're stressed chronic stress chronic this so i did blood work and i had a wake-up call and everything i needed to do was have a healthier diet so a vegan diet is exactly what was recommended so i'll do my little green juice i'll eat a little bit healthier half my meals are great half are not and so in there i find compromise and let me do this work for a long time so that's the unexpected surprise
1: very cool what kind of green juice are you drinking uh ag1 i I was gonna ask i drink it every morning gut health important That's, that's the secret sauce that's the secret sauce.
0: Our investor is the CEO there, Cat Cole. She was the former president of Focus, so uh, a big fan of hers, but also like a big fan of like Andrew Humerwin and all of that stuff on YouTube. I think you know the AG1
1: helps me at least feel like if I skip the next 6 hours without having a meal because I'm just buried in meetings or focus, I at least have that base level nutrition to kind of set my day off right. It's not a one-shot replaces all, but it's that foundational thing and it's a good part of a morning routine, I think. Yep.
0: So, I got to ask you, you know, restaurants don't do what you just did. You raised and secured, you know, 7.5 million dollar series A capital, which is one of the largest funding round for a plant-based fast food chain. That's like incredible. Funding is no easy feat. I know it. It's the hardest thing in the world. Everyone says no to you before someone says yes. You doubt yourself. You doubt the process. You doubt everything. We'd love to hear your journey on how you did that because in restaurants, it is so much harder. How'd you do it?
1: Yeah. I mean, the beautiful thing is that series A was successful. What yeah. you don't hear in the press releases is that it might've been the longest series A on record. It took us a long time for a couple reasons. And yes, fundraising is strenuous undertaking, especially if you haven't done it before, but it took us a little longer than what's conventional, probably for a couple reasons. One, we, we did it without an investment banker. We were doing this ourselves, drumming up all the contacts on our own, not leveraging maybe some of the experience of somebody who's been through this before at that time, maybe leveraging some of their contacts. This was a very organic thing. And the next thing was we really believed in our valuation, which maybe objectively might've been a little higher than uh, what was standard. And so what that meant was maybe missing some opportunities for folks who would have invested in it quicker if there was a lesser valuation in that round. But you know, it took us about a year and a half, two years, but it was done and we stood by that valuation. And that was important to us and we defended it well and it was a successful round and we were able to do a lot of things with that. Move a lot of our pieces forward and build a vehicle to take on even more capital in the future and continue this mission that we started back in 2015.
0: That's incredible. Like one of the things you did was the vegan food market with the vegan playground. I looked at the photos that they look sick. That's incredible. Is that one of the things you did with the funding? I would love to hear a little bit about that. That was not a part of the use
1: of proceeds. This was more of like a marketing
0: slash community
1: building initiative that we're working on focused on our Hollywood location but there's this great organization called Vegan Playground for anybody who's listening ran by a wonderful woman named Diana and her team and they pop up these little mobile food truck events all throughout Los Angeles and it actually just ended the summer series at Plant Power but for the last 8 weeks every Monday our parking lot would shut down and we would bring on 15 to 20 different food trucks and DJ booths and different vendors and just kind of have cool little vegan night market where the focus wasn't just about Plant Power it was about community building and bringing bringing like-minded folks together and just having a cool, relaxing evening of fun.
0: That's one of the big reasons you guys were one of our top 30 hottest restaurant brands on the list. I think you guys are constantly pushing the envelope. I think you guys are teaching a lot of people how to do it right. I think you're teaching the vegan community to do it right. I think you guys are doing some incredible stuff. Who are you looking to out there for inspiration? Who do you admire out there in the space? It's boundless. I wouldn't say it's any one
1: individual. For me, when I was speaking about plant power, the reason why my partners and I decided to open up a fast food restaurant was because we recognized it hadn't been done before and it, it was a necessary. part of this infrastructure for a more sustainable and more compassionate world so anytime i see folks out there who are devoting their lives to a cause that's greater than any individual anytime i see folks out there who are building a similar business model that the founders are pouring their life force into it in hopes of having this system that outlives them and still imparts the change that they wish to see that stuff's inspiring to me it makes me feel like we're not alone in this and it's the age-old adage it takes a village our goal to see a more compassionate sustainable world will only happen if a multitude of entrepreneurs continue to take risks and change the paradigm in various sectors across the globe. So I could go on and on 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 who that is, but it's anybody, any entrepreneur who's focused on substantial change and taking it day by day.
0: I feel like one of the biggest wins for you will be convincing folks that plant power is also a great post-drinking food. Like I had a lot of drinks, I need to get some you know, plant power and take it home instead of going to McDonald's because that trip is a very obvious trip. How can we convince folks to go to your concept? Because I feel like that's a huge win for your concept. Is that what you're going for? Any ambitions there or is it just me? Yeah, you
1: know, I think it's a great question. And certainly in Southern California, we've had the stoner blessing. I've been told yes. that our food is great munchy food or blazed out of your mind, order DoorDash to the house food. In terms of the after hours drinking crew, I think we need to start by lengthening our hours of operation. But yeah, I think when you're drunk, you just want something that tastes delicious. So a big focus of us at Plant Power is taste and innovative experiences. So I think those things go hand in hand. Who doesn't want a delicious oat milk, vegan, Dairy Queen, ice cream, reminiscent treat, or juicy double cheeseburgers? I mean, who doesn't want that?
0: Yeah. Yeah you guys are also on shelves a supermarket which
1: supermarket are you guys with we're dipping our toes into that world we've got some cheesecakes in the whole foods here in southern california we've got our goji berry brownies in natural food stores across the nation wow cpg this, look at you this is something we're looking at although we also recognize it's not necessarily our core competency we're a restaurant brand but when and where it makes sense it's something we explore and we have a great manufacturing arm here at our commissary production facility that allows us to explore those opportunities when and if they present the themselves
0: so what you're saying is i can have it in my fridge and after a night of drinking i can't technically eat your food late at night even if you're not open i found a hack here guys i think yeah. this is a there's something yeah. happening here we need to make this happen you, you,
1: you just hit on something yeah i i, I support that Okay.
0: Uh, You guys just lowered your prices. Everyone's increasing their prices. How does that make sense?
1: I think that there's an important discussion going on right now with plant-based options, just having this plant-based premium. And there's this target where, and perhaps it's self-imposed, perhaps not, but if I really want Plant Power to be the vegan McDonald's and to compete with all those drunk people going to McDonald's and I want them to come to Plant Power, at a certain point, we have to consider a strategy towards price parity. How can we get on or around the price? spheres of the traditional fast food giants. And there's a bunch of reasons why this is difficult for plant-based brands. A few of them are there's tons of government subsidies that go to reduce the price of cheese and beef that the consumers don't see. So that Big Mac without subsidies would actually probably cost 8 or $9 or maybe even more. Plant-based sectors are not yet seeing those same types of subsidies that traditional beef and dairy industries are seeing. So we have to do what we can. Why do
0: they get such discounts? Why do they get such subsidies? Is it because, what do you think? I, these, I actually these don't are,
1: know. The, it's a great question. It's a long conversation, but these are deeply entrenched industries who are intertwined with some of the very important mouthpieces in our political structure. But yeah, you can look it up. There have been long-standing subsidies for the beef and dairy industry for the greater part of this last century. Wow. It's almost like the opposite should be true,
0: if anything, because you know how much healthier and how much more it needs love until it becomes mass produced so we can bring the price down.
1: You just hit it on the head and this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning is like folks, despite our want and our yearning to make the right decisions, oftentimes we will make decisions based on the infrastructure that's provided to us. So if the infrastructure is always leaning towards us making decisions that are either harmful for us or the planet or the animals, it's a cycle that's going to be very hard to break until we can start one by one changing the paradigm of the various levels of infrastructure that allow people to make choices that are better for us, better for the planet, and better for the animals. It's going to be hard fought.
0: This was an incredible, incredible conversation. I think what you're doing for the community is incredible and I can't wait till you open a restaurant in New York. There's a place here called Grocers in New York. It's just a one-off that has incredible sandwiches. And what I love about them is just like, I forget they're vegan. That's how delicious the sauces are on the sandwiches. And it's greasy and it's awesome and it's perfect. And I think your brand is doing just accessible things and bringing delicious and sustainable food to everyone. So I hope you guys are everywhere. I hope I caught you before you hit that tipping point because you won't have time in a couple of years. So I'm so happy you spend some time with us.
1: I'll always make time for you guys. I really appreciate you having me on board here. And again, continued success and luck with what you're doing at Lunchbox. We're huge fans over here.